2: All right, bonus episode, Talking Buffalo podcast, our Wednesday, Buffalo Bills Mock Draft Version 3. This one's gonna be a little bit different too because the first two, we just did straight picks. This time, trades are gonna be allowed. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a trade, but they will be allowed, and we're doing this in real time. So we'll explore that when and if that opportunity comes about. But anyway, as always, I am joined by Cover one, co-host, and a good friend of mine, my boy, Aaron Quinn. What's going on, Aaron? How you doing?
1: Dude, this is now the, my second time hearing this music. It's good music, it's good, man. It gets me in the right mood for what we're doing, so I appreciate I, that. I
2: think you're the only one that likes it, though. I've talked to some people, and they don't like it. No. But I'm, I do, so I, too bad.
1: I... And one of those guys that grew up in the 90s that liked like smooth jazz, slow jazz type stuff. So it's right up my alley, man. Elevator music style. I'm fine with it. I I dig it. I want to preface something before we get going today, too. Typically, so this
2: is dropping Wednesday morning, and I would want to tape it on a Tuesday night. But this week, I am taping this late Monday night. And the reason being is on Tuesday morning, I'm going to get my second COVID shot. And I have an incredible low tolerance for pain and I get sick pretty easily. And I just taking a precaution because I have a pretty strong feeling that at a minimum, I'm gonna be down and out for a full day. So by doing this Monday, I don't have to worry about, you know, I'm gonna, (laughs) I plan on sleeping all day and night on Tuesday and hopefully feeling better by Wednesday. So if something crazy happens on Tuesday,
1: we didn't cover it during this episode you'll know why. Hopefully yeah. not though. Um, I don't think anything crazy is going to happen. I, a, they're telling people to take that little bit of a rest, right? Like make sure you have like a day or two buffer afterwards to just in case I took, I did. So I got my first shot four weeks ago
2: and I believe I talked about, it. I don't remember if I did, but anyway, I had a, a little bit of a sore arm but nothing bad. And the first night I didn't have any headaches. I didn't have any body soreness, but I just conked out, man. I mean, I was completely out of it. I slept like a rock. Um, my wife got her first shot a couple of weeks ago and she was actually, about a week and a half ago, she got it pretty hard and she had COVID before too, but I mean, her whole body was sore. She had a headache. She was out for probably a good 36 hours. I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm anticipating it because like I said, I'm soft. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like pain. I don't like dealing with pain. I'm not good at dealing with pain. I'm not that guy who's just going to truck through when he's got
1: issues. Same here. I just shut it down if something's
2: wrong yeah, with me. Man. I'm with
1: you there, man. Yeah, and I'm on the list. I got a ways to go before I even get my first. I'm jealous that you're through the process already because I got a ways to go here still, but excited that it's finally happening.
2: I think it's going to start to pick up soon yeah. for a lot of people. There's a lot of people now that I'm talking to that have had one, if not two, Del Reed just got his second. In yeah. fact, it's funny because he, he handled his pretty well he was concerned that we were not going to be able to tape. I was getting ready to have to get a substitute for him for our casual Friday show that I do every Friday with him. But he was fine like 12 hours later.
1: So I don't know. Yeah. I think I'll be, I'll be all right. We'll see. I'm excited for it. Uh, Yeah. No, people are getting there early. I'm on a waiting list and my wife was trying to move me up the list. And I said, I'm a stay at home dad. Like I'm not in her. I'm not, I don't do anything cool or go anywhere anyway. So I'll stay, stay on the list and get mine. So it'll be a while before you know if I get sick. Or not, we should, uh <laughs> yeah. before we get into this, we should go for it. Did you see the versus um, thing on Instagram? It was earth, I wind and it. fire. Cause I, you love R&B. So I can talk to you about it. I R&B. do earth, yes. now, tell fire. me a
2: little bit about it. You got to tell me a little bit about it because I'm going to tell you what on Twitter. So that was Easter night on Sunday night. And again, yes. we're taping this Monday. I was really tired because we talked for a few minutes before we started taping air. I've been trying to eat well lately. And I had a terrible weekend, man. I mean, I ate everything and anything. And it kind of just exhausted me. I it felt does. like shit. So anyway, I was in bed Sunday. For the first time in probably four years, I watched maybe a half hour of American Idol. I don't think I've watched one episode of that since it became I, like Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and uh, Luke Bryan are the judges. Anyway, I, I haven't watched, watched it in Ruben. In... Ruben was my guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's all the way back in season two. Oh, dude, I'm a huge American Idol fan. But I'm talking about like, The old school back in the day shows I love. I haven't watched it in years. Anyway, in bed, I I started watching it for 20 minutes and I just zoned out and I was messing around with TikTok because that's how bored I was laying in bed, just uh, relaxing. But anyway, I went on Twitter and that was just dominating that versus. I didn't know anything about it, but I just heard a lot of good stuff.
1: So Earth, Wind, and Fire, huh? Yeah. So I don't. I didn't know anything about it. I saw a promotion for it like a month ago or so, and heard it's uh, a couple of famous rappers I think or producers started this, uh, and they do it I think quarterly, where they get two groups together, or two rappers or two something together, and they do sort of a battle online. I forgot that it was last night. Like I saw the promotion and totally forgot about. It. So I didn't watch it live. But I woke up this morning and it was still trending. Uh, from the night before and so i was going through the clips and stuff and it dude we if they do any iconic r&b or like 80 90s r&b we should watch it and do it like immediate reaction podcast because it's a cool concept dude i don't think a lot of these kids nowadays know all the songs that they've listened to throughout the years that were influenced by the Isley Brothers and influenced by Earth, Wind and Fire and just how good those songs still. They're timeless tracks, man. I, after it I listened to an Isley Brothers playlist this morning and then Earth Wind and Fire to it was hit after hit after hit all day long. Sure. You know, I don't I don't
2: know how I I don't know how I wasn't in the loop with that. I didn't even know about it until late last night. I absolutely would have watched it had I known. I'll definitely go uh check out some clips. Yeah. So speaking about reliving the past here, we did two mock drafts over the last two weeks. I'm going to run through those. Before that, though, let me preface this too. Today's show, like I said, we didn't do any trades the first two. You'll have an opportunity. Aaron's doing the picks. Same concept. The computer, the draft network is going to simulate the other 31 teams. This is going to be in real time. So Aaron hasn't really had a chance to uh, study who's on the board. He's not going to know until you guys listening. No. So anyway... The difference will be trades and uh, again, the first two. And once we get, we're going to spend more time focusing on the first two to three picks. And then after that, we're just going to kind of fly through the guys at at that point. I think the vast majority of fans right now don't know too much about them. And frankly, in some cases, maybe we don't either. I know I don't. This whole process
1: is a crapshoot at 30. And the further you get back from 30, the more of a crapshoot all this really becomes. And I think we'll have a lot of opportunities here to, if we're opening it up to trades. I think we'll have a lot of opportunities to talk through some scenarios that will take a little longer in these first three. Those are where we're really going to find guys that we're trying to target, right, to get up for. it. absolutely. We don't know a whole lot about these other guys. Brandon, me might make some targeted trades in the fifth, sixth round. I'm not going to. I don't know those guys well <laughs> enough to you know, come pull up for him. Right.
2: So. Yeah, for sure. And again, this would be, I mean, I don't want this to be a two and a half hour podcast right. right now for a Bills mock. Maybe the week of the draft, we'll spend a lot more time and we'll make that a longer episode. But for now, we're just kind of going with the flow. Um, the first two Macs that we did, I, I just kind of want to fly do those for people who might not have tuned in. So version one, we did that on March 23rd. We ended up taking Travis Etienne in the first round, Landon Dickerson in the second, Tyler Shelvin, a defensive tackle from LSU in the third, and then some other players after that. Okay, It had two fifth-rounders, um, a sixth, and a seventh. Version two that we did last week, we ended up landing on Eric Stokes, a corner from Georgia with the first pick, um, Carlos a uh, defensive end from Wake Forest in the second, and then for a second straight week, we took Tyler Shelvin in the third, and then again a lot of a lot of uh guys that some people may not be too familiar with starting with the the fifth round and uh beyond anyway as I look at this over the last few weeks this really was a tale of two drafts i mean because version one was three of our first four picks were offense whereas last week and I don't know if we set out to do this beforehand but our first five picks were all on defense our first five picks were all defense we went Corner, defensive end, defensive tackle, another defensive end, and then a safety. Our first five rounds or five picks, I should say. Ah, how do you feel now, looking back at those two? I did not love last week's draft, to be honest, but at the same token, it felt more practical, if not realistic, with what I think the Bills ultimately will do. I like version one better, but here's the thing: I don't think Travis Etienne is going to be there at thirty. No, and even either. if he is, I feel like you do think he'll be there. No, I don't either. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, okay. I, I I haven't soured on wanting him. I still feel the same way in terms of him just being a weapon that will make this offense better, but I don't think he's going to be there. And then we got Dickerson at 61 and people I've talked to say he might go in the first round. I mean, that would be at this point. And again, this was a couple of weeks ago. I think it'd be borderline shocking if Landon Dickerson an interior lineman from Alabama was even there at a at pick 61 in round two. I don't know. Like when you look back at these two drafts, what are your thoughts on them to I, this point?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with your assessment. Um, that l- most recent draft, the last draft we did, I don't love Stokes out there. I really don't. And I, this is the argument I have with a lot of people is if we get to 30, I understand the need for a cornerback, but if there's a a really good running back or even, you know, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, another skill position on the offensive side that's there. And it's the fourth cornerback available or the fourth best cornerback on your board or fifth best cornerback on. I've seen some of these mock draft scenarios where it's a run on quarterbacks and then you're sitting there. If you want that guy, you either maybe have to wait till the second round and hope he's available or try to make some moves back second, third round to come up and find that fifth sixth best cornerback you're talking about now in the draft maybe so i don't love the idea of just being stuck at 30 being stuck on the idea that they need a cornerback so bad they have to do that i talked about this on the show with greg uh you know we kind of just wrapped up free agency one last time the bills really up the floor or maintained or up the floor across the board on this roster right Levi Wallace, bringing him back for this year, is maintaining the floor of cornerback two on a top 10 DVOA defense in the NFL a year ago. I get that they got burnt by the Chiefs. Other than that, it was a pretty good defense when you look at the entire season. They had struggles at the beginning of the season, came on really well at the end of the season. So your your floors are the same as it was for your 2020 AFC title game or AFC title game team, right? This is a roster that was just in the AFC championship months ago, a couple months ago. So you've, you've maintained that floor. So I think the pressure to have to just take that fifth best cornerback available at 30, isn't there as much as fans think. I think that that's what, why Brandon being brought in all these guys here, Matt Breida to raise the floor of running back three and bringing Feliciano back, maintaining that floor of interior line. Like he just wanted to make sure that, Hey, if we, miss on these picks and we get a bunch of developmental guys, I can still run with this team and there's still some guys available in free agency. I don't think there's any panic here to walk away with your replacement for quarterback two in this draft, not at one Bill's drive anyway.
2: I'll tell you, I've read some people on Twitter, some sports analysts, and I've seen Levi Wallace being called one of the best free agent signings of anybody during this whole period. Because of the value, the, track the value, yeah, the yeah. value. I mean, he barely got a million bucks, man. He's a,
1: he was a service CB2 last year, legitimate amount of NFL starts on a defense that's ranked in the top ten in DVOA every year he's been here. Uh, yeah. I would like an upgrade. I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to stomp for this guy, but I don't think there's any panic at one Bills drive to we have to leave with a top cornerback or we failed. I, I don't think they feel that way. Right now, the way this roster,
2: I mean, you just hit on it. There's no one position where you're like, oh, my God, they better take somebody with the first round pick right now because of the floor. Like you mentioned, running back still sort of dominating the conversation. And my mind hasn't set or my mind hasn't changed, I should say. I'd still, if if the circumstance lined up right, I'd still love to take a running back with that first pick. But I've kind of come off my thinking that the Bills are going to do it. Not that I want him to, that remains the same, but I just don't, it's not so much that Matt Breida is this all world talent. I I think at the end of the day, I think the Brandon Bean in the organization likes Zach Moss more than I do. And I think they like Devin Singletary a hell of a lot more than I do I because I've been very vocal about the fact that I don't think he's a, I'm not even sure he's an RB2, let alone an RB1, Devin Singletary. But I think this organization, if they're going to make a move on a running back, you got to think it's going to be right at the top because they've used third round picks two straight years. Like last week in our mock draft, we gave the Bills Jared Patterson in round six, and that's not a bad pick, but I don't see that. I really don't If they're going to take a running back, I think it's going to be a home run hitter or somebody they consider a home run hitter very early. But as time has went on, I, I think they're gonna focus more on either corner or defensive end with their first pick, which is something, and we discussed this a little bit before too. At least a defensive end, do you even see like a, a real uh a real consensus? Because I don't No. like we spent a lot of time. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on draft network, but then I also look at like CBS Sports and, and NFL.com and Mel Kuiper's big board and all this stuff. And guys that are number one here or number four there or two there or six there, like with Payne and, and Jalen Phillips, uh, Azir Lurie, I got to get that name right because he might be a... He might be a Buffalo Bill. I'll get his name right when yeah. he's a Bill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but some of these guys, it's yeah. like they're all over the place with rankings. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes. No, I agree. I think this is going to be an interesting year for Edge because I think all these guys are worthy of being... Definitely round one players, early round one players on a couple of those names you mentioned. But it's not going to be the year where there's no Miles Garrett. There's no consensus guy that is going to come right into the league and totally tear it up. But I think there's some guys that it's going to be dependent on what you've already got, scouts, right fits, some good schemes, guys that can step in and make a huge impact on the edge, which I, I would welcome, obviously, that for the Buffalo Bills. I think they need an infusion of youth and we've seen it play out in this draft a number of times that if you don't get it at the top, you're really dealing with developmental guys, another Epinesa type maybe where you have to a slow start to the season and start to develop them slowly into the rotation. It would be nice if you got a guy that could come in and and step right into that role and challenge for the starting job.
2: It doesn't seem like there's many, if any, of these defensive ends that are like, I mean, nothing's a sure thing, but it seems like there's a lot of question marks at all, and there's a lot of guys that have a lot of physical potential. Sure. But they haven't, in some cases, they didn't fulfill it in college. Dominate, in a couple yeah. cases, they literally didn't even play last year. Totally. And, and then in a couple cases, they, they underproduced this past year. Cornerback is, to a little bit lesser of an extent, I'd say ditto. I mean, Patrick think I, I, he's a lock. He, I don't spend two seconds thinking about him. He ain't yeah. going to be around. No, he's not going to be around. But after, right, after the, like Caleb Farley, he wouldn't be were it not for injury concerns. And then you got guys like Stokes, which we picked last weekend, and Greg Newsome and J.C. Horn and Asante Samuel Jr., uh, a couple other guys that, I don't know, I guess it depends where you look (laughs) on where they're ranked because I've seen them, again, kind of all over the place. And it's just interesting to me because these are two positions that the Bills very likely might address early. But you know what, Aaron, as you kind of go through this entire draft, there's not a lot of consensus anywhere except for tight end. I mean, Pitts is definitely the best tight end. I mean, there's no arguing that. But even receiver, um, even offensive tackle, now I've seen some people say that Slater might end up going higher than uh, Sewell. So I think, I don't know. It's just out a draft that's very heavy on consensus. So
1: yeah, it's, well, I think it's been a tough year to evaluate, guys. It was a COVID year. I think wide receiver, I think Chase personally, I think he's the runaway favorite. I know some people want to give Waddle or Smith. Uh, from Alabama right Get them up in that conversation I think that's pretty uh, set Uh, Sewell Penny Sewell uh, from Oregon I think that he's another guy that's probably a lock at his position as the best in that class all these guys are guys that Bills fans don't have to worry about I don't think there's any chance so to sort of segue into this mock draft some of the names you mentioned Patrick Sertain I don't see a scenario where he drops to where the Bills are going to realistically probably get into. When I say realistically, I think I am probably willing to go further up than a lot of people you're going to see on Twitter. Ones I've done, I'm willing to get up to about 15th, 16th pick where J.C. Horn's been there around there. Elijah Vera Tucker is often a, a guy that I'm looking to at that position. But anything before that, which I've, I have really haven't seen Sertan come past the top 10 very much, I think right at 10 is where he's going to get picked. I'm not even thinking about those guys. I don't think Brandon Bean's going to get that wild and crazy to try to get up. Earlier than 15, that's a huge leap to go from 30 to 15. But in talking some of these edge guys that you're talking about, I've seen mocks where they they do fall to you sitting there at 30. But I think if you want one of the best guys in the draft, one of the best three in the draft, you got to get up into the 20s probably to get the one that falls that way.
2: Before I give you control and, and we start doing the actual mock draft, I just want to spend a couple of minutes discussing one thing in I'm starting to realize maybe it was through ignorance of my own that we didn't spend any time on, and that's wide receiver. I've been in the mindset right now when I look at this roster and what they have that if you draft a wide receiver at 30, he's coming into camp as your number five wide receiver, which I still believe is true for the record. That said, though, I don't think a corner at 30 is coming into camp as the CB2. I don't think a defensive end getting drafted at 30 is coming into camp anything more than the DE4. You know what I'm saying? So, I think I
1: don't agree with you at corner.
2: It depends on the scenario. Depends on the scenario. Sure. Oh. But I mean, he's going to have to win the job. Totally. Anyway. He's not yes. going to get handed. Absolutely. anything. Yes. No rookie, right. no rookie picked that low in the first round is going to be handed anything. Totally. But anyway, that was, that was my thinking and my rationale. I'm like, any wide receiver is going to be literally at the bottom of the depth chart coming in. Right. But if you look at it from a little more of a, a big picture, if a guy like and a guy, these are guys that we've not even discussed on this podcast, but you no, know, um, Tony, Falls, or, or Rashad. Yeah. Or Bateman happens to fall or not even fall. That's like right around where they might be at 30. When you look at this receiving unit for the bills, I mean, Sanders is 34 and he's only here on a one-year deal. Beasley's getting up there right now. Gabe Davis looked really good last year, but he's not a sure thing. He's not a sure thing to meet quite yet. He's not a bona fide number two future receiver, not yet anyway. And there's some intrigue behind him
1: with Hodgkins and a couple other guys. There's rumors they like Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. I guess Matt Miller uh, in his recent mock had put a – I haven't seen it. i got to check it. But basically said Elijah Moore went before the Bills and he said the Bills would be disappointed if Moore went a pick before them, (laughs) alluding to the fact that he thinks the Bills like Elijah Moore from Ole Miss uh, at 30, uh, which – I'm not there. Yeah, I understand your thinking, and and I agree with that ideology. But I'm not there at 30. I don't know that the talent matches up. Where if they get to that spot and that's the best play player available, then Brandon Bean made a mistake and didn't trade up for a good talent and wasn't able to convince somebody to come up. Because I think if you're there, I don't even know if anybody's coming up. If Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, is the the best option available at that pick. And I don't know that the drop off is super significant once we get towards the end of these other guys that can come in and sort of do those things. Because I do I agree with your original statement. I think that guy comes in and he's not ahead of Gabe Davis day one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and that's four deep. You're four Emmanuel Sanders or Gabe Davis. Like you're already four deep. And Beasley, yeah, he's not. He's definitely not coming in and going to contribute very
2: early, as long as there's no the injuries, injuries, right? But you got to look. You could have the perspective of. Well, let's just keep feeding Josh Allen weapons. I mean totally. there, there's yeah, a case. Sure. There's a case for that. And I think the only reason why we don't spend time talking tight end right now is because I just don't think there's a tight end anywhere near 30. It's a weird that year. That is yeah. that's that's worth it for the Bills. I mean, Pitts is going to be long gone. And I don't think the kid from Penn State, at least from what I've seen, I don't think he's quite he's valued at, the second, at yeah. 30. And he's Maybe. a second round guy. So I don't see him I don't I just don't see that. But anyway, uh receiver could have an impact. Look, almost anything, almost anything is in play right now, except for quarterback, of course. And, you know, one or two other spots. I don't think offensive tackles in play because of the contracts that they got going on, but there's a lot of things in play, but it's just something we never talk about. So if Kadarius Tony
1: was there, would you think long and hard about it? Well, let's see what, let's see how this shakes out tonight. And we'll, I, I will think long and hard about it, depending how a board falls. There's been boards where I I had one today. I got there and all the edges are gone, all the cornerbacks are gone, the running backs are gone. Offensive line, I can probably match that value in the second. You know what I mean? Like it didn't add up and Kadarius Tony sitting there staring at you. Elijah Moore's sitting there still and hearing the Bills like him. And I restarted the draft. I didn't go through with it. I just didn't like that scenario. So I restarted it. Uh, but you could talk me into it. I could be talked into it. And
0: if he's. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
1: The next Tyree kill, I'm going to look like a huge moron uh, if he comes into the league and is an explosive playmaker and they pass just because I, you know, they weren't sure on him. But I think let's run this scenario through because this might take us a while here to talk this through. So I'm going to stop around pick 14 and kind of take a look at the board, right? Because how this works, we got to be pretty quick uh, if we want to make a trade and get up and see who's there. So we're going to pause it at pick 14, see what's on the board and see if... We want to sort of target any of those 15, 16, 17 and try to get up uh, and get, you know, see what's available there to, to move up and get a big piece if we want to do a trade in this first round. That sound good?
0: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, so let's just do that. We'll roll. You'll go through the first 14. By the way, there was one trade on Monday, a significant trade. Sam Darnold goes to Carolina that doesn't have any effect on the bills and doesn't really have any effect on this draft from a Buffalo perspective. I will say that it would probably affect most off the top of my head, maybe New England or, uh, what's another team? Um, Denver, Denver. two teams that came to my mind. They're like, maybe they might try to move up now to get that fourth quarterback. It's going to make the
1: the picks nine through 15, pretty interesting. Uh, I'll be kind of frustrated if a first round quarterback falls to 15 for New England. Um, But there's a chance that they could, you know, kind of move it out. They're not going to be able to jump Denver uh, unless they do trade with Carolina. So, you know, or or really get up there, it's going to be tough for them. I would hate if after all this time of waiting for Tom Brady to be gone, if New England was able to fix their quarterback situation after a year. So hopefully that they miss out on a quarterback in this draft or stuck, where we were for 17 years, at least for a few more years. Well, I've been pretty vocal that I think they're gonna do something other I than tagging. Yeah. But uh we'll see.
2: So anyway, let's go through All so, right, so let's get you to said You said you're gonna hit 14, right? Yeah, so
1: I'm gonna hang out here and we're gonna go right about to pick thir- yeah, 13 14. It just I it's gonna cost too much to in my opinion, where this team's at here. So we're pausing at 13. All right. So we're paused to me. It costs too much with this teams at where we want to continue to play at. You're going to have to give up multiple packages. I think to get up past here, you're still going to even to get up to here, you're going to probably have to dip into the future, which I'm okay to dip into the future a little bit. I don't want to go all out for somebody. That's probably maybe not a blue chip player at this point. The only time you're going all out and crazy is to get into the top three, four, five to grab generational talent, blue chip player, I don't see that in this draft for the Bills, and it would cost way too much to get up near there anyway, so it's not attainable. This is, I think, the only area we start to get attainable. So let's yeah, see. Yeah, just
2: so we're all clear, everyone listening, we don't necessarily have to trade up in the first round. We might trade <sighs> back, or he might make, make to totally. pick at 30. Maybe he moves up in the second round. There's lots of of possibilities. So but let's yeah, see so how nothing
1: it, really... Yeah. Plays out a little bit. We'll see here. So to just to run down, obviously things go pretty normal. Three quarterbacks right off the board. Pitts to the Falcons, Chase to the Bengals. Uh yeah, pretty much normal. Sertan off the board at ten. JC Horns Dallas. off the yeah to Dallas. JC Horns off the board to the Eagles at twelve. Uh so we're sitting here. Justin Fields is still on the board. Somebody's probably gonna take him soon. He's hopefully probably that's where uh New England's picking next. So they're probably going to end up with them. Elijah Vera Tucker. This is a guy I like to try to come up and make a move for. Interior offensive line, USC. This is one, a few scenarios. I've gotten up to 16. Costs quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't think we should do it, but it's a scenario and an option available to us if we want to. Najee's still here. I think we wouldn't trade up for a running back that would break the internet. Jalen Phillips, edge. He's here if you want him uh pay is still on the board and so is uh ojalary is still on the board as well so you're looking at two guys there's three guys right now on the board i don't think that's worth trading up for unless you really your scouting department's really sold that one of them's a substantially better fit right now I still, what
2: pick is this at right now so right now what we're at 14
1: we at? do we want to fly past to pass the dolphins pick at 18 19 here somewhere right around i there, think soon. if you move up to 14
2: am, am i right in assuming if you move from thirty to fourteen, among others, you're you're probably sending your twenty twenty two first rounder yeah. back. I would think. I would think so. I mean, yeah. even I don't know the values offhand. Going if you go by the trade value chart, if you were to add up the Bills' first and second round picks, that gets them up to maybe I don't know. So let's see. Uh, I'm doing this in real time with you. So six twenty for a first, and again, this is the unofficial chart, and just under three hundred. So. 920, if you give up your first and your second, that probably gets you to around 16 to 18 without giving up anything for next
1: year. Another guy in this range that I am not totally opposed for coming up for is JOK, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Uh, This is a guy that I don't think Brandon Bean would do it. I don't think he and McDermott. I love him. I I don't think they're sold. I watch a lot of them at Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I watch a lot of him. He's one of these guys that I think... Nobody's really sure. I think he could be a generational type player in the NFL. Just be, If somebody can figure him out and put him in the right he's position. He's a third
2: linebacker, but he could play all three. You could, the Bills could have three linebackers who could play all three downs because essentially he's, he's like a big
1: nickel in coverage. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a freak. I just don't yeah. know that Sean McDermott wants to get involved in position list football yet. He had, there's nothing I've seen, any indicators where he's looking to get into some positionless game where they're going to draft to go up and get a freak like this. So, but I, would, yeah, I let would,
2: alone, let alone a trade up early. Yeah, you too, can talk right me
1: into it significantly. I can be talked <laughs> into. I'm not Brandon Biener, uh Sean McDermott. So anyway, let's go That's forward cute. here a little bit. Uh, so we're at 15. They get yeah. Patriots get fields. Najee Harris is off the board. Elijah bear Tucker, Phillips Jenkins. So Phillips is off the board. Let's pause. Greg Newsome just went off the board. So we're at 22. The Titans pick Pay's still there. If we want him, JOK is still there. ETN is still here. Let's see. Let me cut you off and, and add something here.
2: Last week when we did our draft, I wasn't happy when we got to 30. There were a lot of guys. I can't remember now because it was a week ago, but there were a lot of guys I liked. And every time I asked you, they were off the board. And we, I feel like, at least I feel like we ended up kind of settling on Stokes.
1: Yeah. So I think, I agree. I think there's one, two, three, four there's probably five, six players here that I'm looking at that are guys that I would hope fall to 30. So how many picks away are we? We were what? Seven picks away. So you're hoping that somebody comes off the board. So you want me to go one at a time here and see how it's playing. And as we get closer, because well, this, this trade range it is depends when you get to, yeah, go ahead.
2: And I was going to say, like if, once you get into the early twenties, you're talking. And again, we're going by a draft value chart. That is, Probably not even used that much anymore. Anyway, I mean, you're talking 160 points, 180 points, something in that range. Now you're talking like a probably giving up a third, along with your, you know, pick 30 and maybe a third or or some combination Uh, like that. yeah, I yeah, you're not giving up a future first, and I don't think you're having to give up a first and a second to move up into the into the 20s. You want to move up into the teens, especially the mid teens, then you're giving up that second, or you're giving up a 2022 first, but at this point you, you got opportunities where you you might lose your third rounder or something. Now I've never done the trades with the draft network before. Do you propose a trade or does the computer tell you what it would cost you?
1: It does. You propose it. And there's a little meter underneath that says how likely the trade is to succeed. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, and then you send it and it, it for- Gives you the request or denies. They also do offer trades when we get to 30. There's likely a chance to be some trades. The reason we're pausing so often, just so people listening know, is that uh, when you get to your pick, the trade pops up. And you. I don't know, maybe there is a way somebody can DM me or message me, but you can't see the board when the trades come up. So I don't know who's there. So that's what we want to know who's going to be there at 30 if any trade proposals come up at, at least right. roughly what the board is. So anyway, Newsom came off the board here to the Colts at 21. We're at pick 22 which is the Titans. Let me run and see
2: I'm of the personal mindset that I think the Bills would like to get a defensive end with this first pick. I prefer I still I love Travis Hayden and I'm not going to change my mind about that. But like I said, I don't think the Bills are Are going to do that? I could be wrong, but I would say a defensive end is far more likely. I think that's something, given Hughes and given Addison and their age and the contracts, and this is Hughes's last year. This will probably be Addison's last year too. Right? I just see it as, but again, uh, depends on how the board plays out. Maybe the Bills really like a guy that's gone and they couldn't move up for him. So, so let's
1: we'll uh, go back to the draft. I went ahead a few while you were talking there. We had J.O. go to the Jets, which I hate to see. I think Salah will probably do work wonders with him uh, in the Jets. Uh, Travis Etienne's off the board to the Steelers. Actually, I, I like that move for the Steelers. And then offensive tackle Samuel Cosme's off the board to the Jaguars. So we're at the uh, Cleveland Browns pick here at 26 Oljalari's still here. The Georgia Edge and Quiddy Pay, Michigan, still here. Bills are in four picks. You're hoping one of those two. You got maybe a 50% chance. I don't know what the actual statistical odds are. Uh, Caleb Fairley's still here. If one of those guys goes, you still have a chance to get a, one of the top cornerbacks coming off an injury. So I don't know how. It, we're, let's assume that the Bills' medical team feels good about him, and we're not going to assume that the back's an issue. If the Bills team feels good about him, I think that gives you a little bit of insurance here. where you don't feel like, hey, if we miss out on these edges, we're still going to get that good positional need. That's still up there was one of our top needs. There's three guys on the board that I think would be maybe worth moving up for at this point because you're not going to pay much to jump up three to four spots. What we got to think is, is Cleveland going to take an edge? with who they've already got. We know there was interest in Watt going to Cleveland. Are they going to try to draft an edge to go with Miles Garrett here this late? Baltimore, are they going to go edge? Saints, and then Green Bay. I know Green Bay would like to get one of the Smiths off their books uh, here soon. I don't don't think they're too friendly. Baltimore lost Judon. Judon's gone. So there's some guys here. So what are you thinking while we're here? Because this is the, the time to think if we're moving up in this first round. Otherwise, do we just let it play out? And, and see if we end up with Eric Stokes again.
2: Well, if we're going by, again, going by a draft value chart that I continue to reference, you're talking about 80 points. This would normally be in that fourth round. However, the Bills don't have a fourth round pick. So now maybe you're dipping into something for 2022 because a third is too much to pay to to move up at this point. But I mean, you could also give a third and they give you back a fourth. So there's there's lots of factors. Um, so you got two edge rushers that we like and Farley still there. I like Farley a lot, man, but you're rolling the dice a little bit, you know? It is. Because if you weren't, well, we, we, wouldn't are. Be, we, we, we wouldn't be in this conversation. If teams weren't worried about his injury or, or his history, he wouldn't even be in consideration at this point. So We're rolling well, the, guy the dice. guy that's falling because of injury. We're rolling yeah, the dice because
1: we, we haven't seen any of his medical records. This is where you trust your medical staff and your team. There's guys every couple of years that have had great college careers, have an injury towards the end. And nobody's really sure. And they drop to a team and they become pro Bowl caliber right. players. Like this happens all the time. So and this
2: isn't, this is not exact science that we're doing because right now Aaron's looking at a potentially a different board totally, than I am. Totally. So, so I, I feel I, my, my gut tells me right now that if maybe if we're going to move up and, and my gut also tells me that Brandon Bean is more likely to me to stay at 30 and then maybe move up in the second round. I could see that happening. Yeah. I don't know, but you're in charge. Whatever you want to do.
1: Brandon Bean, I think, is hard to pin down. I think he's aggressive and he'll move up anywhere. I think Brandon Bean has absolutely been making calls for the last few rounds just to gauge. He's got guys that they're willing to move up for if the deal's right and if the board falls the right way. He's got deals in place with every one of these picks. His guys are busy at every pick. That's how this organization operates. I'm going to go ahead... Uh, one more here, so Farley's off the board, so we got the two edges possibly still falling to us with three picks, or we can move up. I'm gonna keep going. I would, so an edge just came, oh man, so that was the worst case scenario for us. Hold on, um How do I see? All right, so I got us to our pick. And this is the worst case scenario for the bills of staying at 30. So I don't even know that there's a trade back scenario. So this one's going to be an interesting, you're going to hate me for how this fell out. Cause we should have probably traded up. So Farley came off the board, 26 to the Browns. Oljari came off to the Ravens at 27 pays off the board to the saints at 28. Eric Stokes, who we took last week and we were just kind of mad that we took is off the board to the Packers. So we're sitting here at 30 with Javante Williams as the best rated player per their predictive board uh, from North Carolina, the running back. Jason Awa, I think is how you say his name. Jason Awa from Penn State, the edge. This is not a guy that's a Bills system fit guy. Otherwise, I'd be happy that we still have an edge. He's more of a 3-4 guy, yep. isn't he? He is a more of a 3-4 guy. I don't know that the sometimes it happens where guys convert players. I don't think McDermott is up for a project that, like that with pick 30. Um, So you have uh, Christian Barmore, the interior defensive lineman from Alabama. I'd be fine there, but that takes our guy uh, Shelvin off the board later on, which he's been falling to us consistently there. And I like the value there. Um, So we're stuck here. Uh, right now. Kadarius Tony's on what the board. What about receiver? Yep, so Kad- what about receiver? Something
2: we talked about earlier in the show before we started so drafting. Terrence,
1: Terrence Marshall Jr.'s here, LSU. I don't have a ton on him. I haven't looked at receiver all that much because I don't know that it's a need, but maybe I should because this is the second time today um, here, and receivers are some of the best players available. We have Kadarius Tony, wide receiver Florida, here at 37. And then Elijah Moore is uh, their 41st rated player. He's sitting there from Old Miss, the wide receiver. There's a couple offensive tackles, but I agree with what you said earlier. Now that Darrell Williams uh, has signed for three years, when I I was here at 30, I was taking offensive tackles all before that signing. Now I don't think that's a possibility to take an offensive tackle this early uh, because then you're just kind of got a log jam there, which is nice, but it's a little unnecessary. Landon Dickerson, a guy we took I think in the second round two weeks ago, Sitting here for with the, he's the 43rd rated player, so it is a little bit of a reach, but not if he's closer on your personal board. Creed Humphrey is another guy, so there's guys I think there's good players you can still get here at 30, but I think this is probably the worst case scenario of what happens if too. you get to 30 and you're stuck there because I don't know everyone's gonna say trade back who's coming up for any of these games. I don't know. I think the lesson that we're learning
2: here through the first couple weeks of this mock is that when it comes to edge, if you want an edge and you want to be sure you got your guy that you should trade up because you're probably going to get somewhere in that range. Once you hit those, uh, those early twenties through, um, guys like, um, like Cleveland, for an example, Baltimore, Green Bay, New Orleans. These are guys that are all big time threats to take defensive end. So Yeah. Uh, I'm not happy with this scenario at all. And, and in hindsight, I, I wish I would have, I would have pounded the table for us moving up had I known that it was going to play out this way, but that's the funny thing about that's that how I know, never know, how it was going to play out. I think under this scenario, I think receiver would become a very strong possibility unless there's a corner that you really like out there. I, I did not have any expectations. I expected to spend a few minutes talking receivers because we hadn't talked about them, but I didn't have any expectation but somebody like tony might be a uh, might i mean he's not going to help you though in day 1 i, I don't know man i think this fault uh, uh,
1: if this scenario happens to the bills this is truly a scenario in my opinion where if you can't find a trade back partner you're really just taking what you believe is the best player available because you're going to run if, into some of these situations where if it is wide receiver yeah maybe he's not participating a ton in the first half of 2021 but you've got a good player on your roster versus stretching so deep for a need because at least compared to their board here that we're looking at when you start looking at cornerbacks uh you have to get down into the 50s so we're at pick 30 and they're talking about 24 picks away value wise where you'd be getting kelvin joseph or uh aaron robinson or asante samuel jr these are players i like aaron robinson i like asante samuel jr i do not like them at 30 as for right. versus getting a Kadarius Tony, you know what I mean. Like you're talking about getting the fifth, sixth, seventh best cornerbacks in my opinion. Second round guys that I think are second round players. You're talking about getting them at thirty and just letting a playmaker potentially walk. So I'd be fine with Tony or even we heard Matt Miller say that the uh, Bills like Elijah Moore. Although I I don't believe really any of those rumors that get to guys like Matt Miller this time of year necessarily. I think that everybody's trying to spend something, but if they do like him, he's there at 30. If he's the number 30 or 28th player on their board, that's who they're taking. Well, let's
2: put ourselves in this scenario. We did not trade up and let's just say for the sake of discussion, even if the Bills want to move back, just wanting to move back doesn't always get it done. There has to be two to tangle. Maybe somebody doesn't feel there's good value to come up to 30. So essentially the Bills are stuck at 30 and this is the way the board played out. You're the GM, you're making the pick. So I'm going to leave that to you. So make a selection.
1: I I think there's a good argument to go with the interior defensive line here. Christian Barmore. There's a lot of people that aren't sold on Ed Oliver. I am. I, what I would like to see is just continued youth infusion along all aspects of that defense. So I think there's a good argument there, but for the the sake of where we're going, how much we've talked about wide receiver, I think Darius Tony is probably, I have him rated higher as a player here. He's Looking at this, I, there's a couple linebackers that I have maybe rated higher. I don't know that I want to take a linebacker there. So I'm going to go mix of p- possible positional value uh, plus a player that I've rated high. And I think we go with Kadarius Tony out of Florida. And this is the first time I've taken him in a draft. But I, I like the player. I really do. And I think you allow Dable to find ways to scheme up things. Okay. And here's the other thing. We talk about the, uh, raising the floor. Oh, I got to pause this draft now because we're... In the second round, sorry. We're talking about raising the floor. Isaiah McKenzie's no lock for this roster. They brought in a bunch of return guys after that for practice and signed some return. They signed the old Falcons return guy. Like They're, they're making moves, and they've been uh, known to be scouting some speedster-type guys later in the draft, too. I don't think they're totally comfortable just saying, hey, welcome back, Isaiah. This job's yours for the taking. If somebody beats him in camp, they're totally hit. his contract does not prevent them from moving on. From Isaiah McKenzie. So I think, yes, we say wide receiver doesn't have a role, but I think Kadarius Toney might be better than Isaiah McKenzie. And I think he comes in and beats Isaiah McKenzie day one. You have, maybe it's not a lining up wide receiver role, but you have your gadget guy and punt return guy who's producing in 2021. Everything
2: you said, and also let's not lose fact of that. You, you build your team through the draft, and this draft is not only for 2021. This totally. draft's for the next for the foreseeable future. So maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't have the greatest role on this team as a rookie. But again, with Sanders probably only here for one year and we'll see how things play out with Colby's over the next year or two. It it does make more sense. sense. I'm kind of being talked into it myself, but it's just something I did not expect. So we're going to move into round two here. There's two guys that I want to, I'm interested in that we've taken. I, my favorite picks of our first two mock drafts have been our second round picks. We took Landon Dickerson the first time. And we got Carlos Basham the second time, a defensive end from Wake Forest that I've been reading some pretty good things about Basham. This might be a position where maybe the bills do want to move up because, well, maybe, I don't know how it's going to play out on the draft network board, but I told you this before we started taping. I I haven't seen a scenario. Everything I'm hearing, Landon Dickerson probably ain't going to be there at 61 for the bills if they want him. But anyway, between them two, those are two guys that we've taken that I'm very interested in. So, I mean, you're running the draft there. You oh, can yeah. see how it plays out. I'm
1: at the Carolina Panthers pick at 39. Uh, so, guys, that may, we've talked about the Bills being sort of associated with or maybe potential interest. Elijah Moore off the board to the Jets. That doesn't matter. We've already taken a receiver, so we don't care. Uh, Friermuth, or how do you say his name here? The guy from Penn State. moose uh, he's off the board. Obviously yeah. I don't. I, this is not a guy that I'm super high on to be willing to trade up to 36 anyway. So he's off the board. I
2: don't think the bills are drafting a tight end. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I think
1: they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think they are going to bring somebody in to be the third tight end, but I'm not sure where that's coming from, but, but anyway, me too. Anyway, uh, let's see what's on the board still. So Landon Dickerson still is on the board. The 43rd ranked prospect. Keith, Creed Humphrey is a guy that's still on the board. Uh Rousseau Gregory Rousseau out of Miami still on the board. I think that's a possible target in this round if you want to come up and, and get an edge. And at this point in the second round, though, I, I feel like
2: so again. I keep referencing the same thing, a draft value chart. So, what number are you at right now on the board? Thirty.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying come up now, but in the second right, round. But yeah, for rate right, for the conversation, we're like 39th back right now.
2: Yeah. So even into the early 40s, I mean, you're talking a good. 180 to 190 value points right. with with a chart. So if you were to move up like any time in the next five picks, you're going to be giving up that third rounder yeah. in all likeliness. So let's see how anyway.
1: it goes for a few picks here. Let's let it run up into maybe pick 50, get up into the 50s. See,
2: Yeah, because I think that's a real list. I could see Brandon B moving up. Eight to 12 spots in the second round if he likes somebody. Right. I don't see him moving up 18 spots because, again, he's going to be giving up a lot. But once you get to eight to 10 spots, like, and nothing crazy
1: came off the board for us here. Landon Dickerson just went off the board at 49. So that's a guy that we were potentially targeting. So in this scenario, it would have had to get up past 50. But we still have Creed Humphrey is sitting here. Rousseau sitting here. Again, I think a guy you could target. Asante Samuel Jr., a player I really like. He's sitting here. Uh, Aaron Robinson. So interests me. Yep, Aaron Robinson's still sitting here. He's the 60th ranked player. Uh, past that, Carlos Basham's the 68th ranked player, so he's still sitting there. I know you said we're not drafting a tight end. I still really like Tommy Treble, dude, and he fills something that the Bills don't have, which is a blocking tight end. He would come in and immediately be probably the best blocking tight end on the roster. I like that pick. I don't know if I like trading up for him. I think that's a insurance policy if we get to 21 and he's there. A lot of people killed me for taking them in the second round. Uh, TDN has them ranked at 69, so I don't feel too bad about it. Uh but so the, those are the guys that are there. I think there's a number of names where we could go maybe a few picks deeper at least. Yeah. Let's go let's go let's go a little bit deeper. So Washington called us to come take their pick. Uh they're offering us they want our second and our fifth. So sixty-one and one seventy-four for fifty-one. Yeah. that's a good
2: deal, man. I go take it. We got two, we got two fifths. I, I would, I think so. You, you got two in the fifth. Who? Hmm. I mean, look, who are you coming up? Um, who are
1: you making that move for? I,
2: well, I was saying Carlos Basham, but you said Rousseau was still Rousseau's there. Too, still there. And, and that's somebody that interests me. Okay.
1: Let's go get him. I yeah, I, I
2: feel like, I feel like the move is to come up for a defensive end. I think that he'll be the fourth defensive end this year. he will be a rotational guy with obviously bigger plans to reject for the future. It's getting to a point now where we're looking at this draft based on where they're drafting that it's going to be a little bit about 2021, but it's going to be also more about maintaining a good core for the future. So they're, they're thin at defensive end and when it comes to long-term plans for with this roster. So I'd be good for moving up. I'll give, I'd give up a fifth to move up 10 spots. All right, let's do it.
1: I'm accepting the trade. And we're going to take Rousseau. So we're at 51. He's the 51th ranked prospect. So that makes sense. Uh, I think that him going here in this range makes a ton of sense. I think you go up with Washington, who is good at that position. So you, they're not mad to move back, knowing that you're going to take that guy. So I think this is a really good pick. I do, too. I, again, had it been a
2: third rounder, hell no, I want to game up a third. Or even if they had a fourth, I would have had to think long and hard about it. But the fact that you had two fifths. And you uh, gave up one. I I think that for
1: me, at least anyway, that was a pretty easy decision. Yeah. Here's the thing about this pick. It, I guarantee you the second it uh, occurs that you're going to have a bunch of people just being like, oh, this is uh, AJ Epinesa. Like this guy, he didn't test well. His RAS didn't come back well. This is one of those cases where it's really interesting because there's proven production, right? Like you watch him and he's good. Like he's a good player. But then the RAS doesn't match. Sort of what you saw. I didn't expect him to be an athletic freak, but it, it seemed he tested pretty poorly compared to what I saw. So this is one where you really trust your your scouts and say mm-hmm. we trust the stuff that we saw in film that we can replicate that at the NFL level. I, I, we don't need to, We don't need him to compete in a three cone and do that well, yeah. right? Like he needs to just put on pads and be a good defensive end.
2: Well, we know that we know Brandon Bean's not afraid to take somebody who didn't test particularly well. Absolutely. So, I right. mean,
1: this isn't this wouldn't be a shock, yeah. I don't think. So here we are. Uh, I paused in the third round. We're a few picks in uh, to the third round. Nothing crazy has come off the board in order for, uh, for the Bills, but this is another scenario where I I think there's a chance uh, for Brandon Bean to move around. I've done a few drafts. I did one the other day where I only took four players, and they were all in the first three rounds. I came back up into the third round and take a player because. I don't know that seven dudes are joining this Buffalo Bills roster. Like they're not. Yeah. And so I'm not upset. Like I get some of these guys can go on the practice squad and you can develop some players, yada, yada. There's looking to be a lot of undrafted guys. I would rather get four picks in the top 100 than leave with seven picks. So I don't mind coming back up here to get a better player at some point. So guys, we have available. Carlos Basham's still there, although we've taken an edge. I've double-dipped that edge before, but I think fans would lose their shit if we took There's
2: a fair case for people who say, well, I want as many rookies as possible so you can get them on cheaper rookie deals. The problem is there's only 53 people on the roster, and there ain't seven rookies making this roster this year. Unless a lot of guys get hurt in camp, then that might change the game. But outside of that, hell
1: no. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, And so Basham's here. Again, I don't think they double dip with a trade up Twitter would break Tommy Tremble is here. He's the 69th rated player. We're sitting in the seventies now. So this would be a value to come up and get that guy, uh, Melifonwu is still here. He's the 77th rated player. You're getting pretty close to is that. Is he pick. really? Yeah. Uh, I, I like him. He's a guy that has fallen uh, to the bills a couple of times in third rounds that I've seen, but I think if you want him, you got to come up and I don't think he falls all the way to where did the bills pick here?
2: The 93.
1: 93. Yeah. I don't think he's fallen that far. So he may be a guy. Where are we in, at right now? We're at the 70th pick. Uh, oh
2: yeah, man. I mean, you're, you're talking 23. He's not going to last 23 picks No, but you're also paying a very big price. Probably if you're going to move up to get 23 gain. spots. Totally.
1: So yeah. So let's see, let's nice go one. a few more and see what happens here.
3: So sure. we're going to let us let it run trembles off the board. So I'm par-
1: Basham just came off the board at 76 to the giants. Uh, Side note, I'd be willing to bet he doesn't last till the 70s in the real draft. No, I think a lot of this stuff. These things, man, I like the draft network. I think they do great work. None of these mock simulators are going to be right. That's the crazy thing about this, man. Like, you can run through so many simulations, we don't know. But there's a bunch of these guys that NFL teams are probably laughing at when they run through. And they're like, there's no way. There's no way that that's happening. Uh, So we're sitting here. We're at 77. This is where... uh, Melifon would be the rate. he's the 77th rated player. So the bills are a little bit closer here. He's the third best rated player on the board uh for the draft networks. So if you want him, you got to really come up here in the next
3: pickers. You're going year.
2: about 100 100 draft value points up. So he's probably and again, they don't have that fourth rounder this year. So my hunch would tell me if you were going to move up to this spot, you're probably going to include some middle stuff from 2022, which sure. it's not. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not like opposed to it. I do it all the time.
1: Right. Um, right. Nazo Dean's still here. So I think that gives you some insurance. He's the 92nd rated player. I like him a lot. But again, this gets into position, you know, or positionless players in football. And I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the bills are thinking about that, but I understand why people love that fit and see that fit. So he's still there though for you as insurance uh, here in this third. And there's some other guys. If you get stuck there, Shelvin still here. Uh, he's the 107th rated player. I'd be happy to leave here with Tyler Shelvin. Again, I will take him every draft if that's how it falls. I'm not worried yeah. about falling to 93 essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I so let's let it play out and see what happens. We'll get to yeah. there. And then we'll just blow through the rest of this draft because we don't know any of these other guys anyway. Um <laughs> so let's see. Oh, I think the Bills so will be
2: very happy. By the way, as you're getting to that point, I think the Bills will be very happy with this draft. Getting a receiver in the first round uh of Kadarius Tony's skill set and then resolve balling in this. I didn't like him at 30. But I sure as hell like him at 51. Sure. Anyway, go ahead.
1: So um, let's see. Melifon was off the board at 77 right when we resumed. So he went right where he should have, according to their draft network. Nessa, the Dean came off the board at 80. So well ahead of where they have him ranked to the Raiders. So he's off the board. So that, that would be a guy that you, you know, your four picks away now would be willing to trade up for. Uh, and so we'll continue. And hopefully Shelvin doesn't surprise us and come off the board early to anyone. And we can just roll with that again so we're getting a trade offer for this pick if you want it's uh the saints are offering us their 20 2022 fifth round pick so you'd pick up a fifth round next year for their third pick uh in their third round pick here so 105 and their 2025th for your 93 so you'd move back 10 spots so
2: they want us to move back to 105 105 yeah so you move back 12 spots I- I think this comes, and what else would they give us? A uh, fifth round next year. A fifth round next year. This comes down to, in Sounds my opinion, like a compact. Take you're getting twice. a compact. To- right. I don't know how I feel about that. We, I mean, we kind of were talking. Well, I mean, you pick up an extra pick for next year, which is always nice. It is. But I don't, I, I mean, I, I suppose you have to look at the board. Somebody like Tyler Shelvin, who we've taken the first two times and we've both seen the like, is there. I think you're definitely kissing him goodbye if you move back for sure. Probably. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, not lo- I'm not loving it. Yeah, I don't closely, think it, it doesn't move the needle. Charge, it
1: doesn't move the needle enough for me to honestly go crazy. There's a couple guys here that I'd be happy to take going into 2021 for the Bills. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, the running back out of Memphis. I know you said probably maybe not an investment i like this player a lot i don't think it's the kind of investment that bills make i think this is similar to like a jack boss the last two third round running backs they take i, th- I think you're making sort of a similar move here so I'll probably not going there let's see ben cleveland interior offensive line out of georgia i love this guy uh, i'd love to add him to that room and hopefully could push uh, to compete with Feliciano. I'd love to see Feliciano get, lose that job to up and coming rookie. I think that'd be fantastic. If not, I, I think he's a good interior offensive lineman that could step in and be better than the depth that they currently have. So that he's still there. Tyler Shelvin is still here, interior defensive line. So I'm happy with any three of those picks, uh, for me personally, at this point with the way this draft's going for us. um, do you have any strong feelings either way? You want to take Shelvin again, or do you want to switch it up and go with the interior offensive lineman?
2: Um, I think what we're doing right now indirectly is giving Levi Wallace a vote of confidence the way this first uh, these first three rounds have played out. But I do kind of agree. I can see defensive line. I've liked Shelvin because we've taken him the first two times. However, I, I mean, admittedly not knowing a lot about the player itself, the interior offensive lineman. I think a guy in the third round potentially come in and compete to start I don't think John Feliciano's the lock to start that everyone thinks he is so I mean again not, not knowing a lot not knowing a lot about the player um I, I feel like there's an opportunity for somebody to come in and uh and contribute if not start pretty much right away
1: yeah uh I'm to I'll take Cleveland draft network doesn't seem to agree that that's a need interior offensive line but I think it is I think that it um I agree with you. I don't know that John Feliciano's a lock to start. I think that his money doesn't prevent me from going out and getting a guy that can usurp him. I think they want, they would like Cody Ford to start. I think that there's a, they want to see if he's that guy that can be a starter. I don't think they want to push too hard there. I think they'd like a good insurance policy for if he can't hold up. But I, I think that a nice insurance policy is John Feliciano. Right. Like that's why. Oh,
2: agreed. And they're addressing offensive line to free agency with a bunch of uh, deaf guys. But again, a guy in the third round, Ben Cleveland, who knows, man, maybe he could come in and push one of those guys more likely for me, Feliciano. First, playing time, if not to be a starter. So, while this is, I'm
1: good with that pick. This is running through the fourth round, and uh, obviously, we'll get to our fifth. We'll just blow through those picks. But let's talk. You said this is a, a vote of confidence in Levi Wallace, and I can see that, and I agree. I think that floor is fine uh, if they run the season, but there's still some free agents out there available that if they whiff totally on cornerback in this draft, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier, that I don't think there's any pressure in one Bills' drive to make sure you walk away from this draft with the cornerback, I think they're they're happy to let it see how it plays out. If a good one's available at 30, they're happy to go get it. Maybe they're willing to trade up four or five spots to make sure they get the guy that they like. But I don't think they're crazy amount of pressure for them to get up and, and do this because I think that they can go get a Richard Sherman. They can go get a Casey Hayward. There's guys out there on the free agent market where fans don't want to hear it. Fans want to see more athleticism and a young guy that gives them hope. But Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have shown year in and year out that they're happy to add veterans to this team and milk every bit of production out of them, and that they can hide some deficiencies from cornerbacks and get the most out of cornerbacks. They they feel confident that they can do that, so I don't think the pressure is on them to get the cornerback to in this draft.
2: Yeah, you're getting some you're getting some veterans that are still out there in free agency, and it's getting to the point where a lot of them are not going to sign anywhere until after the draft because teams are kind of in a holding pattern because they want to see. Like, for an example, if this plays out the way it is for Buffalo, I don't see the Bills making any more significant free agent signings, certainly before the draft. No, Who knows about after? We'll see. But my point was a guy like Safe, just to use him as an example, because you brought him up, Richard Sherman, the Bills might be interested in him on May 1st. They're not necessarily interested in him right now. They want to see how the draft plays out. Maybe they like a corner a lot and they get him in the first round and the board played out better for them than it did for us. Right. That's a
1: good point. Yep. That's fair. Uh, so right now we're sitting here at the fifth round pick, 161. Atlanta's on. Only- we only got one, and we only got one, right? Yes, because we've already gotten rid of one. Uh, Atlanta is willing to come up for that. They've called us with an offer for their pick at 182 plus a 2022 seventh rounder. Uh, so we would get their uh, additional seventh rounder next year, and they'd have to move back six, t- uh, 21 spots.
2: Yeah, I'm not team trade down. Yeah, that's <laughs> In fair. This scenario, yeah. Man. So let's
1: look uh, real quick. I'm just going to run through what's here. Marlon Williams is a guy we've taken a few times. I'm happy to take him. Well, no, we took receiver already. Son of a gun. Yeah, we took Darius right. first. So, so yeah. yeah, no, let's look here real quick. We'll take uh, Divine Diablo, the safety. I, I thought we had a good, we got him once and I'm happy to take him again. Yeah, I like him. I
2: did a little bit. I didn't know anything about him before last week. But after
1: taking him last week, I did
2: some research and he seemed like a pretty good.
1: Fit. He's a good fit. And I think you know, there's no better unit to learn behind uh, than Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. I think you, you bring in a young safety like that and let him learn a few years and sort of play that Dean Marlowe role. I'm happy to have a guy like that. But I think there's a really good chance that Dean Marlowe back on this roster, though. Uh, yeah, but he's not
2: now. He's not so. now.
1: I'm good with Diablo. I like that pick. So here we're running through to the sixth round. So uh but yeah, I think safety is a sneaky need. I think uh you talked about it on the last show that uh, de- interior defensive line, if it falls real nice where you can find one of those guys here. I think that's another need. Sorry to knock off real quick. Um so we're getting close here at two thirteen, the sixth round pick. Uh, this is where I'm typically taking the wide receiver prospects kind of, cause kind of to your point, you know, depending on how that 30 shakes out. This is a place where I feel like you can take a guy and possibly store him on the practice squad. If you're in the sixth round, it's the and, more likely
2: scenario, and, I think. For and, the and there's bills. a bunch of names to a receiver. here at
1: 30. There's a bunch of names here uh, that the bills have either interviewed or liked or been in on. There's uh, Cornell Powell is here. Uh, Amir Smith. I don't know how to say his last name. People are going to kill me for it. Marsette Mar- from Iowa. Uh, I like his. We we took Powell last week in the seventh round. We did. Uh, I like all these guys. Jalen Dar- Darden. I, he's another player that I like. Uh, he's going to be sitting right there. So I don't know that they're going to walk away with two wide receivers. I think that's probably a little too crazy. This doesn't. Yeah, I don't think so. Doesn't shake out well right here for the Bills. To be honest, there's a Drake J- Jackson is an interior offensive line. Uh we did we already take interior. Yeah, so we've already got an interior. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't touch the interior of the defensive line. Yet. No, this is offensive line. Uh, and oh, offensive yes. line. Yeah, we took Ben Cleveland. In That's what I was looking for. Is somebody on the defensive line since we missed on Shelvin? Uh, you're not really seeing it here. This isn't a great scenario. So uh, I am just going to take uh, another offensive lineman, maybe here, just to have some depth. You're talking about a 6 round player. This guy's probably not making the Buffalo Bills offensive or B- Buffalo Bills roster in twenty. 20- 21 anyway so we're taking a random offensive lineman because this guy's probably not going to make the roster in my opinion if the board falls out of
2: curiosity out of curiosity because we took him last week is jared patterson available in this mock as of right now
1: uh he's i don't see him he must be gone Good for him. Yeah. He's a player I like. I hope he gets drafted. He's, you know, out of all the UB guys that have been hyped up on Twitter, uh, I've never been into the UB prospects besides Khalil Mack, obviously. But this is a guy that I'm with all the local homers on Twitter. Like, he's he's a great prospect. He's not getting, I don't think, the recognition and hype that he deserves. I'd be happy to add him to this team.
2: Real quick, while you settle on who you're going to pick with the sixth round. I just want to tell you quickly. So when I had Jared on the show, we had an issue with his audio and we were about 10, 15 minutes into the interview. And this is a busy dude, man. You know what I'm saying? He's starting running back for the team. And this was during the season. In fact, it was two days before he had a game and the audio just sounded really shitty. And at some point I cut him off. I said, dude, is there anything we could do to maybe get you in another room? And he went into another room and he sounded so much better. Then I said, is there any way we could just do this over? And I didn't have any expectation. He would be like, yeah. And he did. He said, let's just do the whole thing over, and it sounded so much better as opposed to it would have been the first 15 minutes sucked, and then the audio was good after, which would have been distracting. But, yeah, anyway, really classy doing that. Obviously, I hope the best for him. But, anyway, all right, so you're up here, sixth round. Oh, sorry, I
1: already took in the sixth round. I took, uh, let's go back to it, Drake Jackson, interior offensive lineman out of Kentucky. And then I just took, in the seventh round, thomas graham jr cornerback out of oregon you're at the end here uh maybe you can get a quarterback to stick if not you got a guy that you can develop on your practice squad and hopefully it's your next jane da- dane jackson or cam lewis and a guy that can play some spot duty in the nfl and help you with depth
2: yeah you know what you said just said the name let's not automatically dismiss any chance of dane Jackson. they want him to compete for that job absolutely exactly so it could play out all right, so let's recap this draft. And again, this is our third, and we did make one trade. We took Adarius Toney, wide receiver from Florida in the first round, which I think is very shocking to both of us here. Um, In the yeah, second round, man. we did we moved up 10 spots in round two, and we took Greg Rizal, the defensive end, from Miami. Uh, I, I like that pick.
1: I, I, to add to that, so we gave up... Uh, the fifth round. So we gave up 174 and uh, 61 to get to 51. And
2: yeah, we gave up our second and a fifth. So the what Washington
1: else? football team, they took Elijah Molden, quarterback, cornerback of Washington with was 61. And they took Marlon Williams, uh, the wide receiver UCF uh, guy we've taken. You mocked him in our first draft. Exactly. So Elijah Molden, he's probably a corner that a lot of
2: bills fans like. So who knows? I don't, I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction to that some fans might like it. Some people might be pissed at us, but anyway, so we took Rizzo in the second. In the third round, we took an interior lineman, Ben Cleveland, that we both think, yeah, I do too, from Georgia, and I think he has an opportunity to uh, at least potentially compete with John Feliciano t- to start. Um, in the fifth round, for a second straight mock, we took um, Diablo, Devin Diablo, the safety from Tech, And then he took, in the sixth, Drake Jackson in an interior line from Kentucky. I have no idea who that is. And then in the seventh round, Thomas Graham Jr., cornerback from Oregon. Camp body, I guess. You never know, though. I've hey, been 2. saying 0. that about Levi Wallace. Could have been saying that about Dane Jackson a year exactly. ago. So I don't know. Instant before I let you go, man. Instant knee jerk reaction, and again, in time, we'll you know we'll see how you how you settle on this. But this is one of those know, ones. This, uh, th-
1: if this happened to me while I'm sitting on my couch watching The Expanse tonight while, and doing a mock, I wouldn't screenshot it and post it to Twitter because I'd be pissed that we ended up with Tony uh, there in the first round. I don't like it. I don't like that pick. I hope the
2: only problem I have with it, the only problem I have with it, and I know this is where you're going with it too, is we didn't get with our first round pick. We didn't get a starter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be super excited. And then I I don't know. I think you're at the level where it's like, okay, see if some of these guys can be fun camp battles type things, but you don't, you're not adding a piece to this roster where you're like, maybe that can push you over the edge here this year.
2: And that's, there's a good, yeah, (laughs) there's a good chance that this draft class, while it might go on to be a great class in the future, I don't think this does a lot to really raise the bar for, it them, might not. for the 2021. Is the lesson that we learned today and through the first two weeks now, is it that let's not be afraid to move up into the early twenties. If there's a guy that you really like, if a Phillips is there or a, a pay one in, one of these defensive line or edge guys that you really like, or one of these corners like a Newsom or, or JC Horn or something like that, that you, that you really like, you I might, think, don't be afraid to move up.
1: I think Horn. a lot of Twitter is a trade back. Society, I think the majority of people are team trade back, get more picks. We love all these picks. I think Brandon Bean, I don't have the data in front of me. I think he's traded up. I don't think he's ever actually traded back. I think he's always traded up. If I uh, go back and find out if that's true or not, but I think there's plenty of guys in those ranges that we were talking to move. I think Brandon, you're gonna have to restrain Brandon Bean in the draft room from trading up, in my opinion. I think he's gonna go get. An edge or a cornerback, if those are the positions that they're targeting, he's going to go up and get one of the guys before it falls. He wants if he wants one of those positions, he's going to make sure he leaves with one.
2: This is the way I think it played out in my mind coming into the draft. I had a goal. I wanted to stay at thirty and get one of the few guys that I liked, and then I wanted to uh, move back into the second round. I had that plan strategically in my mind going in, but where it kind of fell apart for me was. A, I was hoping that either, like, Phillips would be there or um, the defensive end from Michigan. I can't remember the word. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I thought one of those two guys might be there at 30 and fall. And then my goal was I really like Dickerson. I really like the concept of coming up in the second round again because I think if you pick up Dickerson on this team, I think he's got an excellent chance. Like, Ben Cleveland is a little more of a, of a crapshoot. Maybe a long term. Maybe he doesn't start as a rookie. I think Landon Dickerson can come in here and start as a rookie. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I would have been all. About, I would have been all about coming up in round two, and getting him. But yeah, man. You know what? Well, we got a
1: couple more chances to get our our perfect draft, one that we both like. Before we go, and I don't have a, uh, and we don't have a ton of time here. The one I was referring to, where I came away with just four picks, I moved up to the, uh, in the top one hundred. I took four players in the top one hundred. I ended up with Travis Etienne at thirty. 61, I got Carlos Basham Jr. Ifeetou Malafonwu at 71. And then at 90, Hassan Nazoladeen. So that was my four players that I walked away with. Pretty happy. I think all those guys come in and play on this Bills team this year and contribute. I don't know much about
2: the fourth guy. But the first three that you said, I would love that draft, and I think most fans would definitely. Uh, so that was fun. That's the fun that when
1: you play on the draft network and you get one of those. You screenshot that thing and you save it. Yeah, because there's a. I think there's a chance Bean gets pretty crazy. I don't think he's leaving it with seven players. I think less is more this year, and I think if you could, if you have the chance to get more players in the top 100 that can participate in this season and, and get you over the edge, <laughs> it'd be silly, in my opinion, not to. Yeah. All
2: right. So. I've arrived at the point now where we're three mocks in where my strategy is I'm pretty confident. I mean, I want Travis ATM, but I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. Whether it's pay, whether it's Phillips or alder I'd love one of those guys to fall to 30 and then move up for Dickerson. Or if that's not going to work out and you got to move up a little bit to get one of those DNs and you come back in the second, Basham's a defensive end that I really like. I'm really confident they're going to take a, a defensive end within the first two rounds. That's the one thing about this draft that I've become increasingly confident in. They will address defensive end, and it'll be sometime with the first or second pick. I'm into
1: know. it. I'm, uh, that's one I'd like to trade up for, to be honest. I, I think adding a real good pass rusher to this rotation, I think they will be a rotational player, would be a huge benefit to the Bills.
2: Kadarius Tony. We'll leave guy. it on that note. <laughs> that's our we did am closing not not my DMs that. for a week. <laughs> 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 All right, that will do it for today's episode. Big thanks again, Aaron Quinn. Co host of the Cover One Buffalo Podcast. Go check that out. Him and Greg Thompson. They do an awesome job. Give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron Quinn716. All right, three down, three more to go. I like the fact that we opened up trades. This was a little wild here, kind of figuring things out on the go, but yeah. kind of like the uh I kind of like the the awareness of it all and, and the unpredictability. So anyway, as always, bro, thanks for joining. And uh I'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, man.
3: mypatriotsupply.com